0: let's get started welcome to the episode two of pocket dial
1: episode two i thought we were gonna make that episode zero in which case this is like one yeah you know i was gonna do that but uh it doesn't start
0: from zero unfortunately when i uh (laughs) when i published the the button just the the input field just starts at one so (laughs) yeah well i guess no zero to one then yeah no uh no zero to one uh not designed for cs majors (laughs) well
1: that or uh startup nerds you know what i mean yeah this is us proactively trying to make it so that anyone who doesn't have the same type of like humor or whatever just immediately It's turned off
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah did you listen to the last podcast our
1: own podcast or what are you talking about yeah of course do not love listening to your own voice Oh, all the time, man, all the time. But but, are you actually talking about our own podcast or? Yeah, podcast? yeah.
0: What did you What did you think first episode?
1: Uh, I think there were definitely room for improvement, or definitely is room for improvement, yeah. rather. And um, so speaking for myself, you know, and you you pointed this out afterwards too, which is that I was definitely speaking slower than I usually mm-hmm. do, and I think that's. You know, it's going back to what we were mentioning that time, right? Where it's like it's an experiment, we're trying to sort of lose a certain sense of a packaged version of Mm -hmm. ourselves. And um yeah, there's never going to be that completely free, right? right? Like, I mean, I'm I'm a privacy nut, you're a privacy nut. And so no matter what, if we know that someone else is gonna listen to it, we're gonna have to package it a little bit. We're not gonna do a completely uncensored version of ourselves. Um, but there's you know everything comes with nuance and balance mm-hmm. right and um i think it was very evident that i was trying to be very measured in everything that i was saying and you know on one hand that meant that you know maybe like 20 30 percent of my mind was just like filtering everything i was going to say so i couldn't even engage in the conversation yeah <laughs> being um, self-conscious uh, conscious a little bit right and then it also just interrupts the natural flow of conversation mm-hmm. right um where because of that it's like one i'm thinking about what to say so i'm speaking slower but i'm also not speaking about the thing as well as much as I right. like um so that's one thing that i wanted to at least work on i know it's not going to be fixed with this episode or even the next or you know i don't know how many long it will take or if it will just always be a work in progress right, right? But you know, it's uh, it's as they say, the first step is always just acknowledging it yourself. And at least right now, I feel like I'm speaking a lot faster yeah. than normally. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. What about you? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I uh, I listened I listened to the podcast episode, and I was like, "Wow, this is um, uh, it's, it's, I'm not used to hearing myself for this long." So it just felt like um, a it's sort of an exercise in itself in that. You know, oh here's the word that I am not I'm not quite um enunciating. Uh here my inflection's kind of weird, here I'm interrupting you too much, and it just there's a lot of there's a lot of parts that makes me feel, you know, normally I I would say, hey, you know, let's restart the recording, let's do this better, let's polish it. But really I think you know, like you said afterwards too, that hey, this is the point of the podcast, right? It's to put a um a raw, uh, unpolished version of ourselves to to practice being um, intentionally sort of sort of intentionally um, uh, it, uh, how do I say this? It's kind of like the exercising in UX sprints, right? Where you're forced to use uh, big markers, so you're not bogged down by the details. You're just focused on the big ideas. So you know, sort of, this is kind of forcing ourselves to be. Um, Uh, talking about ideas and just getting the ideas out there, getting conversations going rather than being bogged down by uh, all the details uh, that we, you know, we kind of have to pay attention to, whether it's for work or just as a part of our natural, natural uh, inclination. So anyways, I listened, I I listened to myself and and I noticed also about my speech and two things that I probably should work on. And one is enunciation. And I think my, my girlfriend listened to it, and also pointed out that yeah, some of the words you say are just not very clear, right, so um, you know, mm. help me practice, I'm gonna try to pronounce everything more clearly, and uh another part was just my uh inflection, so that was interesting because um, I think you know, as you know, my first language is not English, so uh you know, I think I carry a lot of that that tonal inflection from my from my from my native language. And sometimes in English that can seem a little bit just jumpy and seems a little bit uh, kind of going up and down a little bit too much. So I will will try to be a little bit more steady so it doesn't sound like I'm always in a rush. And hopefully that's something I can keep
1: working on by doing this podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, the only way for both of us to actually get better at this is just to keep doing it, Right. right? so i think that's that's all we can do at this point um you know it's it's not like either one of us is during this conversation going to be like hey you enunciated that word a little oddly yeah. you know like please say it again <laughs> in which case it's just going to be like we're just going to come off like grammar or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um, so uh
0: yeah we'll both both work on it and and you know if 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 it goes well then we can use this this podcast as a kind of almost like a, a proof of look i've improved this thing that i want to work on which in and of itself is is not a bad goal you
1: know right right uh yeah and that's why it, it goes back to everything is so kind of like secondary right we, we were thinking no marketing no editing right. um much of what the last episode was should be i think almost more or less completely unmodified, right? Except for maybe adding a jingo and like a little introduction. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you know, last um last episode I, I it it was almost basically just the entire recording completely unedited. I I did I do remember though, <laughs> so I did cut out just a tiny bit in the beginning where we're just checking our microphone <laughs> and saying like, oh hello, can you hear me? And I think I think we just started right at the point where you said uh let's get this rolling or something like that. So I, I did cut it a little bit. But um, hopefully, as we get more comfortable with this medium, uh, we don't have to do that anymore.
1: Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, that counts and it doesn't. But, you know, kind of in the interest of full disclosure, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. By the way, have you uh, seen the news recently? Uh, You're going to have to be a little bit more specific. You know, that low-polygon truck? Uh, You mean the one that looks a little bit like it was drawn in, like, Microsoft Word by like five year old. <laughs> well, a little bit more tasteful than a five year old in
0: terms of angles and curves, but I, uh, I, I did, I did, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. I've never seen a car like it, at least in real life. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I say that, but my family and I are are just are huge fans of Tesla, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's 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 obviously a joke what I mentioned for like the fire part, um, but. It it is a huge departure yeah. and i honestly don't know what the point was with this in terms of market huh. fit so it kind of seems like uh, at least in my experience or my perception trucks are usually you know um trucks and suv they're, they're either for people who are very much into that sort of lifestyle and that kind of image that they yeah. have to present themselves as like rugged yeah right like Rugged, rural, um sort of like uh what what is it called? Like elbow grease, right. you know, um white collar, right? Color, right. right? White collar blue collar. I always yeah, forget which one which white yes. white collar is just sitting in um, the office. <laughs> um and then uh it's either that or they actually do use it for that lifestyle, right. right? So for example, if they're in construction or something like that. But this one, it seems like, you know. It's it's trying to go for that futuristic angle. Everything's obviously tilted. The entire sort of conventional design is off. And I'm thinking like, well, in that case, you know, if you're going for maybe more of a city futuristic, um, like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Kind cyberpunk. of like those people with the first adapters, right? Or maybe even cyberpunk. I don't think they're going for a truck. They'll they'll probably go for like, you know, they might go for an SUV, even if it takes a little bit more power. But that means they're going for like the X or the S, right. right? I don't, I don't know if they'd be using it versus the people going for that rugged look. It's a little bit, I don't know, maybe if that's the look of rugged in the future, but at least it's not now. So I'm not sure how well it'll do, but uh, Elon's full of surprises, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I,
0: I, I kind of, I watched the, I watched the opening, uh, I watched the launch video and. And they were very it, it seemed it didn't seem random to me what they were targeting and it seemed very particular about a specific type of audience they were trying to reach. Uh because if you look at the mm. video, the people who demoed it, right, they were, you know, they were dressed in a very specific fashion, the sort of cyberpunk, gothic type of um type of uh, you know, uh makeup as well as um, you know, the the apparel the that they were wearing. Sure. And the entire presentation, including the fonts they use, the type of designs they used uh in the slides are very much the kind of dystopian, you know, like uh very like rugged, you know, cyberpunk type of type of feel to it. It's kind of a little bit old school, you know. Sometimes it feels like it comes straight out of one of one of those um one of those uh like futuristic war games. I, I, I thought it was interesting because usually right if you look at a tech company today they they tend mm-hmm. to be very obsessed with uniform brand right like people who you know look at think about think about apple think about um uh, even microsoft today right they're very insistent on pushing this particular brand narrative you know they have these uh even nasa they have this nasa sort of logo brand guidelines what is it called the nasa handbook or something like that where specify to the to, you know the point or the pixel, uh what kind of font you can use, you know, what type of logos you can use, what are the color palettes and stuff like that. And and this this move from Tesla seems almost like a radical departure from the idea of this unif this this consistent and coherent uh corporate identity. So I, I thought that was interesting because you know, I don't think you know i i and I asked myself the so I you know right after the video i I looked on Twitter and look, and just looked over social media and to see what people's reactions were and i I don't know maybe maybe I'm in a bubble but i I see I see a lot of people who love it for the for the for the amount of um, a, a sort of the departure from regular car design that this symbolizes I mm-hmm. think I see a, a lot of people who also just hate it that's right? just like, what is this thing? It doesn't even look like a Tesla, right? And that's in, like, whenever something polarizes people like that, I always find it so interesting because I don't think that I, I thought about this and I said, huh, what if somebody else, let's say um, BMW or Honda, right, or Volkswagen, what if they pull something like this? How would that be perceived, right? And the more I think about it, the more I just think, what? Wow, I mean, even if organizationally somehow got like to be approved and manufactured, I just don't know how that would be perceived under the under the um, umbrella, under 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 those brands umbrella. And and I just and I feel like maybe this is something where basically only Tesla has built enough of the brand equity, that reputation, to pull off, right? Cause, it's kind of like, well, you know, if, if, if you are, if you're a famous celebrity, you define fashion, right? Or you define music, whatever it is that, that you, you do, because you're an influencer. So if you decide to go 180 from a, you know, R&B uh, artist to a, uh, I don't know, a, uh, somebody who sings mostly, uh, I don't know, alternative, rock or something, right? And you, you changed your dress style, you changed your, your hairstyle, and it just completely went 180. Um, yeah, a lot of people are gonna hate you for that because you kind of just abandoned that that identity that people wanted you for. Um, but at the same time, you could also change the the trends in the industry, you could redefine fashion, you could make that thing cool again, right? So I'm just thinking, hmm. Tesla has a lot of brand equity. Maybe
1: this is something that only they could pull off. I mean, yes and no. I feel like I think you're you're on the spot for a couple of things. So, for example, the fact of the matter is, you know, let's let's start. with, well, you said a lot of people either really loved it or a lot, and a lot of people hate it at the same mm-hmm. time. And I think that just comes with being different, right? And throughout the sort of as you were talking, the only the the thing that just kept going through my mind was well. What about Apple, right? It's like, it's like, oh, you know, it's not as much as form factor, but, or it could, you could even call it that, um, butterfly pre- uh, keyboard, for example, or going completely no USB or anything else and only going for USB-C docks, right? right? Um, or, or the lack of a headphone right. jack, right? It's like, if it wasn't Apple, would any other company be able to do it? And for at least the headphone jack, that's probably like a pretty solid no, right? Right. right? Even a lot of phone companies now are are rather models of phones. They're still scared, and they'll still put in a headphone jack there because they don't have enough cachet. So they're like, "All right, we're just gonna have it there to be right, safe." Right, right. Um, but at the same time, it's it's kind of odd because there are crazy car designs. Um, and I yes, I Tesla has a lot of brand cachet, and we could almost say it's like. This one, it you you had to so sort of a little bit talking about brandless as well, but it's like, well, it's not, it is, but it's not, right? Because like, because it's the first of how it looks like right now, you know it's a Tesla, even if it looks just not how any Teslas currently <laughs> yeah. look. So so you're still sort of like, even for those people who are like, oh, you know, I want to be like unique and special or whatever, and they go for that car because it's the strangest card that you can buy currently um it's still kind of weird it's it's basically one of those things where you're going to a brand chain store for the identity they give you right like that certain like hot topic or whatever like that um so i think it's still there and yes i think it's a lot to do with elon's cash um his cachet the fact (laughs) also also elon's cash (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that too um but the thing is, though, I mean, I don't. For cars, it might be a little bit different, and that's because not only are there so many models, but even you mentioned like, what if BMW or Mercedes or the other ones did it? But they kind of do. Um, they don't only really have like four or five major models and looks. Like they actually have a lot. It's just that the quantity that they're sold of is actually in much smaller numbers. But do they have anything this? Much crazy but do they
0: have anything this kind of weird? You know, and I, I, I maybe I haven't seen it because I'm not into cars. I don't, I don't browse these things. But I don't think any any other brand has has a car that's this weird, right? It's in the market, or at least like going to market. I've seen a lot of concept cars at car shows. I mean, just from from you know reports and stuff. But I don't think anybody actually took those to market.
1: I'm sure there's some, but I mean, like, even even if we think about, like, the modern car types that we're looking at now, and you, we compare it to cars maybe, like, 20, 30 years ago, they're still pretty yeah, different, yeah, yeah. right? They're not drastically yeah. different, but, I mean, there was, there there had to be, like, the first one, unless, you know, the natural selection or natural evolution of cars really they slowly adapted. I um, you know, I suspect but, uh, that, I mean, I haven't lived long enough to go
0: through a generation of car design changes, but I do suspect that, car changes tend to be a lot slower because if you think about it, the car industry is um, it's a heavy industry and it, it is, is it a heavy industry, is it, uh, whatever. But it, it what it, my point is that it takes a lot of money to research and build a car. And right? it takes multiple years to bring a car to the market. So it's not something that people want to take, make big, make um, big bets on. So you want to be as safe as possible. You want to build something that most people will buy. So for, I just can't imagine for somebody, for someone, some, some, I just can't imagine for a brand to go somewhere from a, you know, like think about your regular Honda, right? I mean, think about Honda and how many changes they've made, how many small tweaks they've made to the generations of, of of Honda Civics or or, or Accord. And I, I know this only because I was buying a car a year ago. So I looked through sort of what all the past decade, you know, uh, versions of 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 Honda Civics look like, and I can tell you they barely changed. They they changed a little bit here and there in terms of the, uh, you know what the grills look like, but they, they never go through such a bold language change. Whereas uh, a brand with 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 much more cachet like Apple or Tesla or somebody can you know overnight, for example, to switch to iOS seven, right? Completely abandoning um skeuomorphism, going out going. Uh, all in all in uh into flat design I don't think that's something that happens with with something that takes such a long cycle to build and lots of competition in the market and i i yeah I, I that's that that's something that i i i think Tesla definitely has an advantage of in that i mean there's something also i feel like it's it's a little bit interesting here because you know even with companies like apple um when they transition from such a different Design style to it to a a whole different one. Um, they did it in a in a black and white way, right? It's like going forward, it's all this, and you know, before this way, before this date, it's all that. But for Tesla, it's almost like they have two different design languages
1: coexisting, and that. so that's 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 also interesting. So, are you? kind of seeing this as like a new design language? Is that what you're comparing
0: to? I mean, it to, it's or? definitely a new design language, no matter how you look at it, right? They're, from Everything from the way they presented it to the way they marketed it. Um, again, the fonts they used, the, the materials they used, even the lighting they used on this car. And it, it's completely different from what Tesla's usual branding guidelines are. So it almost seems to me like a spin-off project you know if, if if this were to be done by some company that's not tesla i think i i can i can i can imagine them just creating a spin-off brand just for this because they wouldn't risk their main brand brand being associated with something that might flop right whereas for tesla well you know they probably have enough confidence that this is not going to flop uh, you know they're they're comfortable at letting this completely sort of alien Design language exist in in co, you know in tandem with all
1: of their other
0: products that seem more uniform.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, and and when I say that, it's not as like an actual, you know. I, I know you know this since we we've had so many chats already, but I guess this is more for people listening. But like, I I actually just don't have an idea for or against that, and the reason for that is because. Part of it, I feel like it might be more of a skew thing, right? Tesla only has what, like, four different models right now. If you include a truck, then it's five, right? The X, three, S. Um, what 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 else is uh, there?
0: There's the there's the Model Three, there's the Model S, Model, and there's the Model X. Y, right? The the, the Shao, Fa, Shao yes. Kong, Falcon, Falcon, 1? Yes. yeah,
1: yeah. That's the one I was yeah. forgetting. And then so this is the fifth one versus like if we take like you know mercedes or bmw they have like 30 40 monos continuously being built you know at the same time and so on one hand it's like well maybe there's this whole giant focus because one you know tesla's bus worthy right and two because it's like oh well, well it is their first truck so they are going like you know they're they're, they're building on that like weird factor to really capitalize on like free publicity mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. um at this point right now i I don't think either of us, like we're assuming that Tesla, you know, did whatever research and went, you know, there's enough demand for this, it validates us to build it. Um, but we actually don't know. Right. We don't know until we get like some sort of wait list or like pre-orders or something like that. Yeah. And otherwise, I mean, if we're talking about just like strategy and, you know, you you mentioned like just kind of like setting a new trend for the industry. I don't know. 'Cause Tesla's always been a very weird company where I I feel like either you have to dive into like Elon's brain or it just seems like a whole jumbo mess of things. Um and part of it's to do with a certain sense of exuberance, part of it is like sometimes he's a little, how can I say, antagonistic with traditional finances, right? So he'll put some news out just to screw with people who are short selling. And sometimes that goes into investments that he makes as well. So I don't think it always has such a clear alignment of like everything has a specific purpose and everything's been clearly vetted for some sort of grand plan. Yeah. Um it sometimes it might just be kind of him going like we got a truck now, you know. Yeah. Let, give me back that spotlight. Yeah, I I
0: can definitely see this being a whimsical thing. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I, yeah, I, I mean he is a pretty whimsical person I would say and and it seems like you know these kind of people are either wildly successful or wildly, you know, unsuccessful. So, and, and, and you know, who knows well, who who um, Elon turns out to be? So far, he seems wildly successful by terms of just reputation as well as just you know, um, uh, well known uh, being being well being well known. So we'll see. And and yeah, I, I I I would not be surprised if this is just one of those things where. Maybe everybody uh, at the design team was like, "No, let's design a sleek pickup truck, right?" And then Elon's was like, "Nope, I like the Cyberpunk thing. Make that happen." I I can completely see that happen. Uh, so I'm not I'm not surprised. I just find it very disruptive in a way to the design industry, in that I think this this just the departure it takes from your original brand language. It's just so drastic that I don't I just haven't seen any product that does that. So I think it's going mm-hmm. to create an interesting precedent. At, at, at the very least so yeah.
1: yeah i feel like it's one of those things where you know you know like how um what is it like genetic uh genetic therapy yeah. things like that like there there's like treatments for it and stuff now mm-hmm. right and they're they're super worried about you know applying it too early or or giving it to certain people because it's now it's still in sort of the nascent stages, right. right? And so if there's any sort of drawback or negative publicity, it might set back the entire day right. for like a like decades. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's part of it here too, right? Where it's like, yeah, you mentioned it just sort of throws like a rock in the pond and like creates huge ripples. Mm-hmm. But if it's not received well, that you know, no one's gonna throw a rock again for like, I don't know, fifteen years or something probably. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um so far.
0: You know, if you're famous enough, um, especially someone with a track record and reputation, with Elon Musk, you know, when you throw a rock, people will pay attention. So, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Yeah, I'm. I'm super interested to see just kind of just who who is that type of users who want to be get a pickup truck, but also want to take on the image of driving this thing. You know, it's it's almost something that that you see on driving on Mars almost. So I guess maybe. I mean, didn't he tweet? something about this is going to be the first truck to be
1: on mars or something i i'm not sure i don't really pay too much attention to okay. twitter you don't you don't follow you musk i see <laughs> i don't i don't like i might even have him followed but since i just don't go on the platform it's the same as oh, you okay know. oh well see I, i'll let you know if i if something happens yeah yeah but i mean it's I, I do get what you were saying, though, for like, even if we take this outside of the car industry, right? I mean, if going back to like the HO, you know, the, the cliche analogy, it's always a smartphone. Um, but whenever it happens to anything else, too, you know, change should be good as long as it doesn't bring like huge gasp and awe. Right. Like, for example, Slack put a fire under Microsoft. So then they made teams. Right. Otherwise, we would have just been everyone's still just talking on email all the time for work. I think we're still and... talking on email all the time for work, Not in, <laughs> in addition to Slack. That, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got a point there, but I mean like it's, it's its own tool as yeah. well. And the thing is like, it's good to have options yeah. and being able to, it's like, where do you draw that line bef- between identifying yourself as having that brand cachet and being willing to actually take that kind of risk? Yeah right and i think for a long time we were sort of at a lull right maybe at, probably because of the dot com bubble burst but you know they they tried to do new things it burst and then like for the next 10 years or so there was just sort of not much right everyone was just using like dial up and whatever for for however long and just going like all right i guess we won't get anything new for a little bit and then now it's a giant wave again so it's i think it's just good in general yeah i'm i'm super interested to hear
0: if anybody knows more about the topic cuz honestly like neither you and i um, know a lot about the car industry or the history of car industry and in general car design so I, I honestly i don't know a lot about what this means for the whole car industry and what what is is like, is this actually as disruptive as i you know, perceive it to be so I you know if anybody listening to this knows a lot about industry it you know, she would love to hear your opinion Um and you know you can reach out to us teach us something that we don't know uh, that'll be that'll
1: be very very appreciated yeah. yeah well in in that case let's let's move on to like something else that I kind of want to ask you mm-hmm. about so the airpod I sorry <laughs> air oh no that was right. The AirPods Pro, yeah, came not out, the AirPod Pro. I know right? you're. A, <laughs> I I know you're a pretty big audiophile. So how how's that been going? God, I wouldn't call myself an audiophile just because of the connotations associated
0: with it, and also just because I don't spend thousands of dollars on all the equipment. I, I do. I guess I I I would. I would just call myself that. I enjoy good quality music, and good quality sound. Mm. Um and. I think I think you know music has been a big part of my life and I really really love to kind of be in a to kind of take take and enjoy music with um a lot of details right a lot of um a lot of um uh it, it, it sound, it's something that sounds a lot more real uh that that's basically as far as I go to call myself a <clears throat> you know so so called so called um audiophile but yeah, Airp- AirPods Pro is interesting because I've been a fan of AirPods, and uh, and you've been using AirPods too before you washed your washer. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it's kind of I think I think I was watching this um, YouTube review of somebody who was taught talk- who is an actual uh, audio engineer, and he he said that you know AirPods are great not because it has the best audio quality, it's because it's the best overall mobile uh or wireless truly wireless headphones and so are we still talking about the pro or the original well, i'll get there right so let me, let me talk about the airpods a little bit because i sure. it it's it, i think it was wildly successful i think we can all say because it had a good balance of things and for the pro you know it's they're they're direct at the at, the, at that price point which is what like four nine two two forty nine right before tax Two forty-nine dollars before tax, at that price point and the way they market that thing, they're going directly against, um, you know, the the Bose and Sennheisers and Sony's of the of the audio industry. You know, they make they also make truly wireless uh, earbuds that are uh, that do have noise canceling, right? That do have these things. Uh, I personally own also own a uh, set of. Uh what is it? The Bose uh well, no, no, it's a Sony WH one thousand XM3. Yeah, I think I think that's the name. Super exciting name, by the way. Uh yeah, I own I own a pair of those. It's a it's it's a pair of over-the-head headphones and it has you know active noise cancelling, ambient mode, works great on airplanes, planes. Um so the, the the reason why I think AirPods Pro is pretty interesting is because it offers just enough of those functionality in such a small package that it's really hard honestly really hardcore about audio quality and really picky about those things right like it gets you 90% there by offering you so such a smaller package the i think the smallest the smallest headphones um, the smallest earbuds the wireless earbuds that offer active noise canceling is this other sony one and that one i think is almost twice as big in your pocket and I think you know for a product to be this small, this portable, and it gets you ninety percent there in terms of audio quality and um you know active noise canceling that's a really good sell mm-hmm. for me at least because now when I go on a plane, I don't have to make space for a bulky over the head over the over the ear um headphones anymore it's just fits in my pocket right and usually I don't bring that um that those Sony headphones around because it's just so you know if I go to a cafe or somewhere even if I wanted to focus I'll just turn my volume up on my old AirPods to, to drown out the noise around me. I wouldn't want to bring my Sony headphones because it's just so huge. But this thing offers that complete no not complete silence that 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 is focus for you you know in, in such a small package that I just think it's such a it's such an appealing um it's such an appealing trade off to be honest. You know, I think I think it's good. It's good in essence. So, you know, I was debating, huh, AirPods Pro, the quality is not as, you know, so I think I think the base is not as punchy and not as deep as I would like it to be. But given everything else about it, I don't think I can find an alternative that would give me the same set of features in such a
1: small package. So at the end of the day, it sounds like it, it's just the consideration of size and convenience, yeah. right? And, yes. you know, you, you did mention, you know, you, I think you gave away a little bit of, you know, you you say you're not an audiophile, but for someone who's completely casual like me, who's like, I don't even know what you mean by like a punchier bass, right? But having that consideration, I think I would be in this case, maybe representing some group with just completely zero knowledge, right? I just, for my considerations, it's just... I want something that maybe reduces sound a little bit. I want something that's small and convenient and light and preferably won't break again. If I accidentally leave it when I'm washing my clothes. I'm Pretty sure it won't break. And, <laughs> hey, it says water resistance, right? So we'll see what that actually means. Okay. <laughs> but um, now you're, you know, you, you gave it a couple of things where for you, it's actually sounds like it's some sort of, it's a greater balance where it's a balance between. Well, well, maybe a lot of the similar features, but maybe, you know, you have a couple of extra axes for what you're comparing it to. And and I kind of wondered then, you know, like previously, I mean, it's not the best for any of its categories, right? If, if there's something, uh, unless outside of maybe like best overall. But then previously we spoke about, you know, sort of Tesla redefining it trucks or maybe or trying to at least and able to do it this way and apple doing the whole sort of similar for for wireless and i'm wondering would there be that pull forward just you know from the sake that because it's apple and that's the new one so that people aren't even really subconsciously really using these axes to compare and they're just more of going like, oh, well, I mean, I use AirPods before I use AirPods because I have an iPhone. And I guess, you know, my AirPods are broken or old now. So I'll just get the next one because it's the next gen. Yeah. What do you Yeah, think? I, I definitely I, de- I definitely think a lot of people are going to just opt for the AirPods Pro
0: because, you know, why why not, right? I mean the Apple ecosystem, AirPods Pro work great with my iPhone, all the Apple devices. I think there is going to be definitely a, a large amount of users who do that. But I would say that, you know, I, I think I think I think what I would give AirPods more credit in terms of, you know, as a standalone pro as a standalone product, I think it also had it also has some um, advantages over uh, other competing products there that are not just integration with Apple products. If you look at Air- Air- AirPods itself, it was one of the first truly wireless headphones at that price point that that in such a small package. If I remember correctly, I don't think there was any truly wireless headphones that were cheap or at least the same price um, uh, 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 as the AirPods. And 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 in the same in the same size uh, of of the package, I, I think almost everything that was offered before was bigger, and they were they were um, they were pricier. So for that alone, you know, even for an Android user, AirPods was if you wanted something that was truly wireless, and AirPods
1: was something that offers the best option at the moment. And um, and I, I mean, I could be wrong. But... Well, hold on. What do you mean by wireless though? Because I know that even when the before I got my AirPods, I was using it's a cheap set of like maybe like $20 wireless headphones. And honestly, for most of what I wanted, they were completely yeah, fine. Tru- so, and even for like the lag, you know, like it had less lag than the AirPods did. So, I played rhythm games. Yeah, yeah, no, truly, tru- you know, even like that, that's the keyword is truly
0: wireless, not wireless. So, wireless is anytime you have a Bluetooth, right? That there's no wire deplugging. A truly wireless, I guess, I don't know really know how you call it, is when the two pieces are detached. When the two pieces are detached? When the two ear pieces are detached. That's what you say when you when you say a, true, a truly wireless.
1: Ah, yeah. I see, I yeah, see. Because
0: I, I guess if you're talking about over-the-head headphones, there's no such thing as truly wireless because it's got to go over your head, right? But if you're talking about earbuds, the reason why the, word, the phrase truly wireless was used a lot in, in media is because there were a bunch of uh, wireless headphones that still had a wire hanging on the back of your neck that connected to AirPods, uh, the two uh, ear earpieces. Okay, yeah, I, I actually I had see. a pair. So, so, so that's what you're describing. Yeah, I actually, but uh, I
1: mean, there there were also others as well. Where I I know that, for example, my brother he did sales for for some while in time and. You could just have one in your air, even if they weren't attached to each other. I think those were out already. So I'm the, the biggest innovation that it really did seem like was just an integration with the system um, where maybe, you know, you could tap Siri or something or the ability to sort of connect throughout different devices. I thought... For me, at least, that was the differentiating factor, because everything else, you know, if there there might be like a manual button or something instead for you to increase or decrease volume, or maybe you know go between songs or or pick up or f- put down a phone call, um, those were actually satisfied pretty well, I think, at that point in time. Yeah, I, I'm not.
0: I'm actually not sure. Uh, I'm actually not sure whether there were any other detached two piece earphones i think some of them were just one piece like the bluetooth headphones that were just on one side of the ear i don't think i i at least i don't remember if there were any um detached ones that have stereo quality that are on both ears that sync up with each other and at that price point so i don't or cheaper i think most of them were much much more expensive at that point yeah there there were definitely ones i think by bose or or some other um uh, really high-end companies to offer that, but I don't think anyone be offering that at that price point. Yeah. Mm. So, anyways, um, that. But to, to to your point, that's the the next thing I want to talk about, which is the I, I, the other thing is you know it, even so I think standalone I think it was already a really good deal if you wanted something of stereo detached, um, truly wireless. I I think AirPods, if I remember correctly, was the cheapest option you had. But also for an apple user, it was the first time i think Apple actually what's the first time of, i think i think yeah actually no I think uh, at the same around the same time beats also came up with this um but yeah i and, and I think it was the first time you could pair something so seamlessly right it just works across all of your devices basically your your airPods are synced on iCloud. you can you can connect to it with the map without having to repair you can just click a button go to your volume click a button and we just stream music there it's almost like a you're almost like wearing a chromecast where all of your apple devices could just stream music there right without having to repair so that would that was definitely really appealing and i mean in a way airpods pro kind of offer it's kind of playing the same playbook again in my opinion because you know if you look at all of the other options out there that offer active noise cancelling and truly wireless, there are options but airpods pro again offers you the probably if not the same price but the cheapest option on top of that you get all of all that all that apple integration so it's it's the same playbook so i think you know for an apple user it's definitely a very appealing option and even for an android user because all of the noise canceling stuff works as well it's also a very appealing
1: option yeah and and i think it's it's really that where it's it's kind of it's it's going for one of the first with that comprehensive package, for that noise canceling, for that truly wireless, and, and right? It's such and such a small, and
0: I keep emphasizing, it, it's really, it's really small for for its class, and and it, you don't see it in a pocket. Any other ones you buy, you put it in a pocket, and it
1: just you look like you're carrying a mint, a, a mint box. Uh, well, I mean, you're calling it a mint box, but I, I, to me, it always looked more like floss. Maybe not the new one. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the odor. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it does, I mean, it, it does surprise me with what they're trying to come up with these days, right? Like beforehand, I know that there was a lot of speculation about what were the new AirPods Pro going to be. Everyone knew, you know, there had to be some kind of noise canceling. And maybe water resistant, but otherwise it kind of went, all right, what else can you really add on top of headphones, right? Yeah. You could always talk about audio quality on all of that, but as we even seen with sort of the HomePod, like there's only a certain extent that Apple can't even go to of that, right? right? Because that is not their forte. Like they're going to lose to like Sonos or someone whose whole company is built around guaranteeing best sound, right? and um I, I don't know about so, sonos because actually some of the reviews people
0: say that sonos home homepods are pretty up to par in terms of sound quality but you know i if you know if you make the same argument i would say maybe compared to companies that specializing audiophile
1: audiophile uh, equipment you know sure like audio technica right. or, or Bose or something um but and it, so what really drew me to this one was really the wind right like supposedly it would be able to kind of Um, just filter out wind noises when you're on the phone or when you're listening. And that is sort of the next sort of step for that user enjoyment experience, right? And it was a pleasant surprise. And honestly, it's one of the biggest reasons why I want to get it. I know there's been so many chats where I call you and you go like, what? I can't hear you. You know, like, where are you? (laughs) And it's just like, I'm outside. It's like, outside we're in a tornado, you know? What are you doing? Yeah. And... And that was that was the AirPods, right? That was the original AirPods, and um, you don't really expect them to make it better because it's kind of like, well, you can't really do anything about it. It's nature, yeah. you know. It's like, well, you want there to be a microphone, then the microphone picks up noise. Yeah. Um, so so it's it is a kind of improvement that I really do enjoy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I guess I'll, I'll have to see if it's worth that upgrade because it is more expensive, and you did mention it it's the same part as the more advanced audio equipment now, right? Like Apple has always been that kind of seen as like a more premium grade of equipment of, of hardware. And even if the performance isn't always up to par, like for example, if we're talking about a Mac for the same price, you get a Mac, you know, whatever specs it is, you could get much cheaper if you were to go with something from, from Microsoft, but obviously it's a different experience because it's the, it's a different ecosystem yeah right you're getting a different level of integration yeah yeah
0: so i i yeah i think i think you know the wind part is interesting because uh i had to put one microphone inside to hear what the music sound like or what the audio sound like from inside of the ear and then put another microphone outside of the hair uh the the, the earpiece to hear what it sounds like outside and I mean, there's just a crazy amount of computing going on in such a small device. I, I, I mean, I, when, I, when I first used um, my AirPods Pro in a cafeteria um, and I, I may, you know, at risk of sounding like an Apple fanboy, I, it, it, was, it was, even though that wasn't my first time using an active noise, can, noise um, canceling headphone, the fact that I put such a small piece of, just a, such a small piece of thing that I barely can, can even feel inside of my ears and all of a sudden the world just becomes silent that was almost magical because there's something like when you put when you put my when i put my wh um let's see 1000 xm3 <laughs> when i put this wow yeah, when i put that sony uh over the head active noise noise canceling headphone over my over my ears and it cancels all the noise and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it was a lot to ask for.
1: It's not as magical. Right. It doesn't feel right? like
0: a lot to ask for because like, well, you know, like, no shit. If I put something covers my whole ear, I expect to hear the environment less, right? So, and, and it just does right. a better job at it. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I, I you know, I it seems like I expect you to do that. But when I put something so small in my ear and all of a sudden it just turns the whole world into silence. That's just, that seems magical to me. That seems almost like, wow, this is, this is what I feel like when I watch well, this must be what the characters feel like. You know, when, when you, I don't know if you've seen some of the Black Mirror episodes where they put a piece, you know, a, a tiny piece into the, into the ear and it's like the entire computer that talks to them and you barely can see it, right? Or, you know, when they put a little contact lens in your eyes and all of a sudden everything in the world is AI, right? It kind of feels like that a little bit, right? You just don't expect so much to be done in such a small piece of equipment. And I think I think that expectation really is is you know if if i if I may call you know the the magic there you know for a lot and I think you know apple a lot of their user base aren't really professionals they're they aren't really creatives they are just average users who love Apple either due to the images that you know they associate with the brand or the ease of use or you know various reasons and a lot for a lot of the people, I think this is gonna be the first time they're introduced to active noise canceling. And that and that level, that expectation, and the, the feature that it offers, I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a big wow. So, and and, and I think, you know, if you look at, uh, and I read, read the other day, that apparently the AirPods Pros were selling apparently much, much better even than Apple uh, expected. So they're scrambling to find even more suppliers or something. Who knows? I don't know if that's true or it's just like Apple PR, but... I wouldn't be surprised if if, if that was that if that was actually the case.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that's always interesting, but I I would definitely believe it for for AirPods. I remember trying to get them and it was just a pain, you know, like oh apparently it's already them. uh yeah apparently it's already uh, uh back ordered to like three weeks or something. So uh, for the Pros, right, for, you're talking about not for the, not for even the Pros, no, like yeah. and yeah, this for the is. It's especially kind of weird when you think about it because the new improved well the quote unquote airpods too because this is the pros right were they they only came out maybe what like half a year ago or not not even that long ago and those were doing pretty well too and it was basically just a little bit faster less latency and you know wireless charging right yeah that was a late that
0: was a laid rollout um because I don't know if you saw apparently uh all of the airpods 2 packaging packaging uh they say um copyright or something 2018 um, oh no, yeah even though they were launching in 2019 so it's like oh okay yeah like for some reason you guys delayed it maybe you were waiting for that air air power you know because the wireless charging everything comes out so you just kind of pushed it out but air power is not happening So they just launched airpods that's what people's speculation is but Uh, I think AirPods 2 was supposed to come out a lot earlier. Because if you think about it, I think by the time 2 came out,
1: AirPods, the original AirPods was almost two years old. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the demand is so, so high, even though I'm sure a lot of people were pulled ahead to upgrade to that AirPods already. And so unless they, you know, took that too deep into consideration and sort of reduced the amount that they were manufacturing because of that, and and so undershot, you know, the actual demand this time. Or or maybe like the demand is just that high that people are going like, what noise canceling for the first time on like true wireless? Like, you know, and, and just really going for it. Um, so so we'll see about that. But Apple has really sort of been kicking butt in terms of their ancillary services. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the software part, but you know, at least for like accessories and like the things built around their phone and and tablet. It it is going not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, and, and AirPods specifically, I think their their audio engineering team
0: is doing a really great job. I mean, HomePods audio quality, hands on, was very well, um, very well reviewed, and and uh, you know, reg- regardless of its other limitations, just just looking at sound quality, people were amazed how how good it was. Uh, even you know, if if anything, at least up to up up to par with some of the other brands out there. And, um, you know, again, with the AirPods Pro, personally, I think the air, quali- uh, the air quality, the audio quality is pretty good, you know, and it's just a personal taste that I prefer the bass to be a little bit deeper. But, um, you know, many YouTube reviewers, if you watch them, um, especially the ones that specialize specializing in uh, audio review, you know, Jim's Review Room or a bunch of other audiophile guys, even they have to admit that, yeah, this thing sounds pretty good. And it's... And you know, it's, it's like, it's it's uh, sometimes I think Apple launches something that the quality or the, the features were just like, you know, it's the same as others. And they just do a better job of integrating that with the rest of the products. But once in you know, a while, they will actually launch something that both in terms of actual quality, just like spec quality and whatever, um, and the actual integration, both of them just do so well. And I think that's something that that, that doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, it really makes me feel that that's one of the reasons why I say that I think the AirPods are even more significant than the Apple watch in the sense that like it, it, it's, it's a product I've enjoyed more than Apple watch and, and many of the other products. And it's as sign it's, it's as big as almost as big as almost like the original iPod in a sense, you know, I'm, I'm sure they will keep adding stuff to it and who knows maybe in the future when they have the glasses, the AirPods Pro plus the glasses plus the watch. It will be this it will be this like personal ecosystem of of devices that that connect together and compute together, right? You, you know, who knows what the AirPods Pro becomes. Maybe it'll become its own, who knows, you know, music player, right? You can just ask it to play things without any other products around. So speculations aside, I I, I feel like the 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 impact it made and the the amount of hardware innovation that went into it was definitely something that's up to par with a almost a new category of products.
1: Yeah, well, to continue that train of thought, but switching it out to a different country for a little bit, though, I think the only really other country that, or, sorry, not country, but company that, you know, both of us pay attention to that also does something like this in much, you know, albeit less of a smaller field, would be the Nintendo switch wouldn't you say yeah,
0: yeah Nintendo switch was uh it's another one of my favorite products in the past ten years, but it's it's quite innovative,
1: yeah, yes, and especially for the switch, it's not just that, but I know both of us have been playing a certain new game recently, which really opened it up right like we i don't think either of us expected it to be this adaptable and um you know it it almost sounds a little bit like an inside conversation right now so i I should just say what the game is but it's ring fit adventure Mm -hmm. and um the ability for how flexible the joy cons can actually be in terms of like motion sensing even like taking your heart rate and and detecting your actual movements it's it's you don't expect it at all right from from the conventional way that it's being used and just even looking at the current form factor um but when when you pull it out when you attach it to your leg and when you have it on that ring con um i i'm I'm amazed that how like the timer doesn't even begin until i actually align it perfectly flat right so it ensures my form is good yeah it it really brings a smile to my face when a company
0: what what was on product is just so it's it's almost like, I mean, for those of you who are listening who don't know what Ring Fit is, basically, you know what Nintendo Switch is probably, and basically you have these two detachable controllers, right? So what Ring Fit is, is essentially this this fitness game where uh, when you buy the game, it also comes with a ring and a leg strap. uh The leg strap will take one uh, ring, uh, will take one Joy-Con, and you, you just slot the Joy-Con into the leg strap, and it's strapped to your leg, and then the ring is essentially this exercise ring. You can push or pull that has some sort of resistance to it. And you also put a joy call, you slot a joy call in there, and and basically the game uses your leg um, as a reference uh, for things like running, lying down, jogging, uh, knee, knee high knees, uh, and it uses the ring to to do some sort of muscle exercise, whether it's pulling, uh, pushing, or going up and down, and you know using an accelerometer and all of that. Um, and, and and you know, like what Jasper said, that 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 game really brings a smile to my face because it it's almost like they designed the Nintendo Switch with this game in mind, right? And or or put it another way, the game just utilizes the the sensors and all the thing all of the things on the on the Nintendo Switch Joy Cons
1: so well that that it's 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 just super creative, you know, like yeah it's just so smooth right. that you know you would think that what you said it's almost like the switch was created for it because when when we play it it doesn't seem like oh this can do that you know it can jump it can squat it can run and it doesn't feel like there's anything missing right, right? it feels like it's such a perfect fit because it's like oh everything i expect this game to be able to do and to read when i'm like in terms of exercise it can provide it completely naturally right i mean there there's that little strap and then there's the ring which has like just a little bit of extra functionality where you push and pull it but otherwise everything else is just naturally part of it already yeah Um, even unlike the original we fits right where you have to set up a little sort of motion detector on top of of your tv this doesn't even have that so it's literally just sort of like plug and play right the it, it's it's amazing how much they they double purpose some of the sensors
0: in the Joy-Con. You know, the Joy-Con has accelerometers that's so used for gaming and tilt you know, when you drive a car or something. But in this case, it's used to detect your you know leg movement. And the Ring Cons have IR sensors for you know pairing or, or whatever. And in this case, they use it to measure your heart your heart rate by putting. Pre- it's just it, it's it's really cool, you know. And it uses the the charging portals to measure pressure or whatever, right? I'm sure there's some sort of Wiring going on there and, and it's it's just you know it's it, it, you you wouldn't like if imagine this game came out for p s four right you probably would have to build entirely new different kind of controllers and pair it to it or you just have to you know I, I can't imagine somebody strapping that p s four dual dual shock controller to to <laughs> their to their arm or something it just doesn't look it's it looks like it's an aftermarket retrofit right but with this right. it doesn't it doesn't feel like that at all. And, and 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 maybe this is exactly what joy console is supposed to be it's supposed to be this modular sort of like antenna that can be detached and it's kind of this like it's part of the machine but it's detached so you can use it to modularly build other type of gaming equipment right you know a while ago they came out with um, what's it called the, the cardboard right and on, that also nice. uses a lot of the the you basically have two little tiny computers that communicate with the main console and and that that's just that's just it's so smart you know it just it's it's one of the you know I think it's personally I think it's the best innovation that Nintendo has done since they came up with
1: the concept of dual screen yeah and it's it's one of those things where I mean you could either say it's kind of like you know for for all of the things that were happening to the console council industry right there's google what is it, stadia or stradia stadia. i don't remember if there's an r or not stadia there we go and and amazon wants to get into it as well and you know everyone's about like well it's cloud gaming it's blah 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 counselors are bygone because why pay extra you know x couple of hundred dollars to get something that you could just do on your computer and all of that really does make sense until you get this sort of new thing and it's like on one hand yes you can say you know you could do the same thing that nintendo's doing now with your computer with joy cons Mm -hmm. right if the joy cons are really where the power is in terms of a modular system then it doesn't matter where the rest of that system is but at the same time it is still having this sort of kind of innovation that we're not seeing from microsoft or xbox we're not seeing from ps4 you know um that that goes to prove, like, hey, it's still a very worthwhile console system to have with its very unique benefits, yeah. right? And I think that's the only way that it actually survives, right? Like, yeah, for the PS4 and for Xbox, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I mean, Microsoft's moving also to like cloud as well, so you know, for Sony, they'll they'll have kind of their exclusive partnerships, that but that can only get them so far, yeah, right? If I mean... everyone else.
0: Both mm-hmm. Xbox and uh, PlayStation have their very, um, you know, loyal audience, but they're 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 much they're but but they're they're very you know they're very specific about the type of games they have, and they're very they're targeting towards a very specific type a, a group of types of gamers, right? And most of the time, when we right. think of PlayStation or Xbox, it's a hardcore gaming, you know, it's a lot of like online gaming uh, that requires. Is you don't think of it as like a family-friendly gaming experience. Yeah, that's not what you associate with that. So I think Nintendo. Right, it's more of like mom, dad, go away, let me be alone with my PS4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that's a little bit stereotyping, but you know that's that's what I personally that's what I feel like that kind of game console and it gets associated with, and and Nintendo gets sort of gets the it, it sort of gets a free pass, you know, not a free pass, it gets a sort of a an advantage being a an all-age company right uh you know um they you know they they have a policy of um i think they have a policy of strictly uh making sure that all games are family friendly if i believe and that they they don't allow anything that's um that's uh too mature or something I, i think there was something about the their their policy uh it was part of nintendo's core um i think it was part of their core values and you know that's it really pays off in both ways that you can see that from hardware and software and yeah i i i lo- I love my switch even though I don't have much time to play it, but it's definitely one of those products that that made me just want to get it the first day's release and I, I did get it and I you know never regretted it, and you know i think it's 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 great,
1: yeah I mean I think we can nerd out about the switch for you know like a couple of more hours but <laughs> Either either people, you know, we've already nerded about it a couple of times before and for the last I guess ten, fifteen minutes. Uh, but that could be something else too, um, talking about different systems, but that might be for another day. Yeah, and looks like um we
0: we've uh almost running out of time. So again, we'd just like to thank you if you're listening. And uh like we said in the last episode as well, if you would like to join us for a conversation, please reach out to us. We'd love to learn something from you uh if you have anything to
1: add you know please reach out to us and let us know as well right and um you know we we did mention before in our sort of episode 1 since we couldn't have zero that we're not really you know thinking about specific things to talk about like is it good enough or is it bad enough or things like that um but if there is anything that you know there there is always an idea or like we're open to suggestions right and that's because we don't know where certain topics will go to so you know be be mindful of that as well um but thanks very much for listening uh for those of you who have and uh otherwise um i guess that's it you know i just remembered we forgot to introduce her name at the beginning of that <laughs> well it's and never too late right nice. so well uh this is Stani. thank you for listening and uh this is Jasper. Thanks for listening and I guess we're signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.